I believe my parting words at the conclusion of our recent teachings of the prophet Joel were, what Joel was to a dark and devastated Judah, the forerunner is to a church in transition. I believe and still do that was a hint from the Holy Spirit leading me to begin to look at the life of the forerunner in a bit more detail. The critical days ahead, dramatic shifts in the political, social, economic, and religious climate in the earth will signal a significant straightening in the church, getting its totally undivided attention. The forerunner's role will also necessitate critical ministry to the millions of souls coming into the kingdom at that time. This is the generation of the Lord's return, overcoming by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimonies, and not loving their lives even unto death. Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Nordstrom, and I I welcome you to the program today. We are going to take a deep dive into the ministry of the forerunner, those who step out in a time of spiritual confusion, making sense of the unprecedented activities of the Holy Spirit at the end of the age. But before we do, we want to see what this mass confusion means for a church in significant transition itself, often bewildered by misguided and wrong theological and eschatological systems. The transitional generation of today is is made up mostly of emotionally overloaded young adults trying to stay or become spiritually established at some level. Simultaneously, these these same young adults are being bombarded by social media and major political philosophical shifts forced to accept a whole new array of rapidly changing Western value orientations. And while we're on the subject, we are, for the most part, especially in the Western world, a people of entitlement. We believe we're entitled to stuff, but even more than that, we believe we're entitled to be happy in the here and now. Eventually, we'll be holy when we get to heaven. Actually, the opposite is true. We're told told in the Word of God to be holy in the here and now, and then we'll be happy with the outcome. And some of us have been taught a pre-tribulation rapture that's based on a easy believism and an early easy escape, that we come to that misinformed outcome by simply praying the sinner's prayer and escaping the temporal judgments at the end of the age. Well, that's the short version of some of the church's challenges before it. Let me ask you a question. When you were in school, how many of you ever talked someone into doing your homework for you? Hands? I'll put your hands down. I can't see them. You were perfectly satisfied it was correct and would certainly pass academic inspection. Sometimes that worked out, and sometimes it didn't. When the test came, you quickly found out. In many cases, we like to have someone doing our spiritual homework for us. I suggest that will no longer work out. There is a test coming. It's a a crisis, a transition, not only in the nations, but also in the church. God has graciously provided answers in this transition, but we have to do the homework. There are certainly an abundance of prophets in the land, 
But often what we hear from well-meaning elders is more like clairvoyant trivia than true prophetic spoken word. We must possess the gift of discernment to determine the difference. I've heard the, the brilliant Art Katz, who's now with the Lord, describe the discerning prophet as one who sees things as God sees them and is equipped to communicate what God sees to a people who have a different way of seeing. And I would suggest many who don't want to see things from God's way in the first place. The ability to see will become profound in the days ahead, especially in the context of prophetic intercession. That ability to meet with God in such intimacy and clarity, you're able to speak with confidence what has been foretold in the Word of God. In other words, you know and understand the prophetic scriptures. You've, you've invested time and study. You're, you're connected some of the dots and you're keenly aware of what's going on in the geopolitical, social, economic, and religious arena. You have a history with God and the things of the Spirit, an action plan on how to respond in a transitional generation. There's a sense of urgency around the world in these days, and the church must recover its sense of urgency. The Bible speaks clearly about this generation. In fact, the Bible says more about the end of the age than any other period in history. Apocalyptic themes in the church and elsewhere are not as fringe as they once were. People are talking, and, and they want information, clear information. There are a number and nearly twice as many chapters in the Bible describing Jesus' second coming than his first. Some 150 chapters in the Bible relating to the end times. 89 chapters in the Gospels relating to his first coming. Nearly twice as many chapters in the Word describing Jesus' second coming. We need true voices in the earth in these days, not echoes of the past. That, my friends, will require the priesthood of every believer. Listen to John in 1 John chapter 2, starting in verse 18. Little children, it is the last hour, and you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, by which we know that it is the last hour. Verse 24. Therefore... Let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. These things I've written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. Verse 27. But the anointing, listen, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. You don't need anyone. You can resist false teaching because the Holy Spirit resides in you. Let me say that again. You can resist false teaching because the Holy Spirit is imparting His wisdom in you. Verse 28, abide in Him that when He appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. At the beginning of this episode, I said we'll be examining the call of the forerunner in the context of a transitional generation. In fact, I believe there's much more to that call than we realize. 
how it must be ultimately established by the Spirit at the, at the core heart level of an individual. And I'm beginning to understand how the true forerunner anointing will play out in a transitional generation. This is the gift of the Holy Spirit at the end of the age, and it will require an emptying of the flesh, a spiritual straightening, much like, like we see transformed Saul on the road to Damascus. That encounter forever changed his name, his call, his spiritual authority, his mission, and his mandate. It left him speechless, blind, literally for a time, fumbling and bumbling around. It wasn't until Ananias arrived on the scene did he receive his sight, and then he was baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. The point I'm making here is the call of a forerunner in a transitional generation, like the one we are entering in this critical time period, It'll require a straightening encounter by the Holy Spirit that will forever change our call and destiny. Listen, Paul, the the archetype of a forerunner in a transitional generation, was profoundly impacted by the witness in the face of Stephen when they started throwing the rocks. Even so, the call of a generation or on a generation of the young adults by the Holy Spirit in a transitional generation will be witnessed and received through a church being cleaned of the spot and wrinkles. If I were to choose a forerunner character trait that will emerge and blossom in the years leading up to the Great Tribulation, I would choose consecration. We might define the word consecration as to make holy or dedicate to a higher purpose. For example, most religious organizations consecrate a building to turn it into a church. You know, you could also consecrate a a week in Vegas in pursuit of a megabucks jackpot, depending upon how you define higher purpose. Well, let's forget the megabucks. Here's how the Apostle Paul told young Timothy to consecrate. 1 Timothy 4.13 Till I come... Give attention to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Verse 15. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. Listen, Paul is saying, Timothy, separate yourself and give yourself entirely to reading the Word of God and preaching sound doctrine. Now, that's consecration. That's what it's going to take at the end of the age for a generation to speak the Word of the Lord into the world at that time. A number of years ago, I was listening to a teaching by my, my friend Dalton Thomas. The, he's the director of Frontier Alliance International, an extremely effective mission, missions organization in the Middle East. Uh, Dalton was speaking about the character of a forerunner in a transitional generation. When the majority of the redeemed of the earth experienced the expression of the power and the glory of God— as we approached the return of Jesus. God desires us to be holy and blameless in every generation, but as we approach the end of the age, 
there's a, a necessary requirement. We are set apart. Transitional generations require a heightened level of consecration. Think about the days of Noah, Elijah, Jeremiah, John the Baptist, the days of the return of Christ Jesus. God gives a greater grace to transitional generations to empower that consecration through holy separation for His higher purposes. During these times of transition, the dynamics of of Satan, of God and man, they're heightened, they're intense. There's, There's plenty of pushback. They're prophetically clear and biblically exposed. Let's say it this way. Consecration is the fruit of the root of which God is doing in a generation. It's a time when the Holy Spirit divinely breaks into the life of an individual he's marked and apprehended. It's a forerunner generation. I think of Peter and his encounter with Jesus when the Lord foretells Peter's future denial of him. Listen, Luke twenty-two thirty-one, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you've returned to me, strengthen your brethren. But he said to him, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny three times that you know me. Peter thought he was consecrated and ready to go. What he didn't consider was the pathway to reach that higher purpose. Jesus indeed had a higher purpose for Peter, but but first this impetuous disciple would face a, a bad news, good news scenario. Peter, the bad news Satan, has asked to sift you like wheat. The good news he had to ask, The bad news, I gave him permission. The good news, I prayed for you, Peter. And more bad news, everything in your life is going to go south. All will seemingly fail. But here's the good news, Peter. I will restore you and give you a ministry of holiness and dedication to a much higher purpose. God is preparing forerunners in these days, young men and women taking, taking bold steps to separate themselves from the things of this world, even legitimate pleasures that are neither wrong or sinful. This will be the generation that will be prepared for the Lord's return and prepared for the deeply challenging events that will bring persecution, perhaps even martyrdom. We're going to continue to speak to these assignments these emboldened saints will possess as the power of the Holy Spirit will envelop them in the days ahead. Prepare your hearts, beloved. These these are events before us that will be extraordinarily obvious as biblical prophecies are being fulfilled before our very eyes. If these podcasts are helpful to you in these times, I urge you to subscribe so you don't miss a new episode. I must confess I'm, I'm new to this medium on a number of levels and seeking God's direction for how to steward this enormous privilege I'm being given and the opportunity to complete it. 
please pray for me. I'll see you next time. I'm Bill Nordstrom.